0: You are locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network, as always. I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down and previewing this upcoming Iowa vs. Northwestern game, a ranked matchup between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Northwestern Wildcats tonight at Carver Hawkeye Arena. We're also going to be talking about Some of the news and notes. We've gotten official declarations from Brandon Smith and Alaric Jackson that they are going to be leaving the Iowa Hawkeye football program and going to the NFL. We're also going to talk a little bit about recruiting. Eli Sanders has decommitted from Boise State. He also has an unofficial visit plan. We're going to talk about Kirk Ferentz and his press conference as well. That's how we're going to wrap up the show. So that's all coming up on today's show of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. But let's get into it. Let's start with the Iowa versus Northwestern game because as we talked about yesterday – the season is not over. You would think that Iowa was the worst team ever based off of some of the Twitter reactions, but nevertheless, Iowa has a lot of season left, and it starts by beating Northwestern. Northwestern has come on strong, um, a little bit surprising, but if you look at how they played last year, they were in a lot of games. So let's not you know pretend like they're just an absolutely atrocious team. They were in a lot of games last year and just couldn't seal the deal but this year they've been handling it pretty darn well. Um, they and they've gone three and0 in conference play. They beat Michigan State 79 to 65, they beat Indiana 74 to 67 and Ohio State 71 to 70 again. This is a solid Northwestern team they deserve to be ranked right now. They're ranked 18th in the nation, so good on them. It's going to be a battle, and it's one that Iowa needs to win after dropping a game to Minnesota that they shouldn't have lost. We all know that. They should not have lost that game. You have a seven-point lead with 33 seconds left. You cannot afford to lose that game. Now they have Northwestern, and this is going to be an interesting matchup because what Northwestern does well kind of coincides with what Iowa doesn't do well. We talk about Minnesota and how they won that game. It's because they were shooting phenomenally from behind the arc, specifically a backup forward. Now you look at Northwestern, they have some pretty good three-point shooters, and Iowa's perimeter defense hasn't always been its strength. In fact, defense hasn't really been a strength of Iowa but I thought they played, the ener- they played the energy they had in the first half against Minnesota. They can take on a lot of teams. But this does concern me. You look at these five starters for Northwestern, Boo Booey, I'm going to mess up these names, apologies. Six foot two sophomore, 14 to 26 from behind the three point line. Chase Udij, six foot four shooting guard, 54th. In shot percentage, um, that's the number of shots he takes. Not necessarily the best three-point shooter. Miller, cop though, six-foot-seven junior forward, 13 of 22 from behind the line, shooting shooting 59%. Robbie Brand, six-foot-nine sophomore, six of 13 from behind the perimeter. So that's three of their starters who can shoot very well from behind the perimeter. And then backup Ty Berry, he's a freshman, nine of 21, shooting 43% from three. So they have multiple guys who can go from downtown and keep a game, a t- keep a team like Northwestern in this game. When you look at it from a Ken Palm perspective, I know the Ken Palm is kind of the end all be all for college basketball, or at least that's, you know, when you look at advanced analytics, it's definitely starts and stops with Ken Palm. But again, Northwestern, a solid program. Iowa still ranked highly. We talked about it yesterday, though. This Iowa team, uh, they definitely dropped. They are now second in offensive adjusted efficiency and 92nd in defensive adjusted efficiency. Now, think about this, though. Iowa is second in offensive adjusted efficiency, and they honestly haven't even been playing that well. That's how high our expectations are for this offense. Um, I expect that they will pick it up in this game against Northwestern. Northwestern ranked 53rd according to Ken Palm, 56th in offensive adjusted efficiency, 45th in defensive adjusted efficiency, and they predict an 83-74 to win for Iowa um, at home at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. But let's take a look at a little bit more of the advanced analytics about this game. It's going to be interesting for Iowa – Northwestern does a fantastic job of slowing the game down when they're on defense. They're ranked 298th in defensive time of possession. It means they're keeping teams waiting, right? These teams are having to move the ball around before they can finally get a good shot off. Iowa's up-tempo offense is going to be an interesting dynamic to go against Northwestern defense that likes to slow the game down. That being said... Northwestern's average possession length is 24, So they like to keep it a little up-tempo as well. Maybe not as much as Iowa does, um, but they do like to keep it up-tempo. And they're really great, actually, at not turning the ball over. 16th in turnover percentage. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic as well. Iowa was not able to force that many turnovers against Minnesota, and it hurt them. Now, against Gonzaga, they actually were able to get... You know, get the hands on the ball quite a bit, which you wouldn't have noticed based on the fact that Gonzaga did such a good job of keeping Iowa out of that game, but that is something to watch out for. Now, another area where Iowa struggled that actually is a plus side for them is... Defensive rebounding. Northwestern is not that good at offensive rebounding. 306 in the nation at 20.2%. That bodes well for Iowa, who has struggled at times in allowing second chance opportunities. Again, they did a better job against Minnesota. Can they keep it up against Northwestern? That'll be huge, especially for a team like Northwestern that is shooting 40.9% from behind the perimeter. When you have a team like that, that can shoot that well from downtown, and you allow second chance opportunities, especially if you get a guy down there who's smart, grabs rebound and kicks it out, that is so demoralizing. When you have you have a very good defensive possession, they miss their shot, and then they get a wide open three point shot. That's huge. They're also a solid team from a block percentage, 3.8 um, percentage of blocks, ninth in the nation. The other thing to watch out for, 263rd in two foul participation. And what that means, if you look at Fray McCaffrey, Iowa's usually around dead last. As we know, every time Iowa gets an Iowa guy gets two fouls, they are on the bench. They're 316th in the nation at absolutely 0%. The average is 22.9% of participation if you have two fouls. Again, getting in foul trouble. Northwestern, a team that is also along those lines, of Iowa, um, sitting right there at that bottom 100 mark, currently at 262nd in the nation at 7.5% to foul participation. So, Iowa being able to get them in foul trouble will be huge. And I repeat that that will be huge, especially considering that Luca Garza does a pretty good job of drawing fouls from opposing teams. That's one of the best things he can do, especially considering the fact that, you know, Iowa needs to get some of those taller guys out. They're they're solid. They're not bad, but he needs to be able to get them out. When you look at it from a personal foul perspective, though, this team doesn't foul that much per se. Robbie Brand, that you know, power forward, 3.4 fouls per game. Pete Nance, their starting center, three fouls a game. So Luka Garza can do it. It'll be huge if he can get them down to their second string unit and then just do some work down low. Again, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good game, and there's to, it should be a fast-paced, high-scoring game, especially given the fact that Iowa's offense can take on any defense, and Northwestern's you know, offense can shoot the ball pretty darn well, especially against a team like Iowa, who struggles defending the three-point shot um, as we saw against Minnesota. This is, this is a huge game, though. Uh, do not understate the fact that we're playing at Carver against a number 18 team in the nation. A Northwestern team that's number 18, they're a good team. This isn't just a, a fluke. They're a good basketball program. Iowa needs to get this win. They cannot afford to go three or one and four in their last four games, especially considering this is the easiest part of their schedule. It gets way tougher down the line. They need to go on a run here and pick it back up and start shooting the ball well across the board, not just a few guys. A couple of things I would like to see though, specifically, I would like to see Jordan Bohannon um, getting his shot back. You can tell he just isn't feeling it right now. Um, I'd like to see Jack Nungy be a little bit more um, involved down low with the action there. I like to see the defensive energy from the first half of the Minnesota game continue throughout the game. And I like to see CJ Frederick get more involved as well offensively. Um, he's done a great job, but I like to see a little bit more design to him and then just work it to Luca, man. Luca is just so consistently great all the time. I think we're, we're not realizing just how phenomenal he has been playing throughout the year. Um, you know, even when he goes, he's shooting 50% from the field. I mean, what he's doing down low is just super impressive, but that's, what I think is going to happen this game, or at least that's what you know you can watch out for in this game. I do believe Iowa should be able to win this game. I'm putting money on them because I believe in them that much to be able to turn it around. Um, they're a team that when they have their backs against the wall, they do a good job of turning it around. We saw it last year. They would come off a really bad game and put up a, a phenomenal performance. I think Northwestern is exactly what Iowa needs at this time. To show that this is, you know, the season is not over, y'all. There's a lot more season left. I'm excited to watch this game tonight Iowa versus Northwestern. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into some of the other news and notes. Caitlin Clark just continues to win awards. We have a few people who have officially declared for the NFL draft and a few people who haven't. Let's talk about all that on segment number two. Before we get into that, though, I want to make sure you realize there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust to place all of our sports bets that we need to do. And that is betonline.ag right now. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. There are so many sports going on. We have college football in the middle of bowl season. We just wrapped up Week Sixteen of the NFL season. We have one more week before we get into postseason play. NHL is starting in a couple weeks. The NBA is fully in the picture, and we are college basketball. There's so many things going on. The only place you can go to earn a little bit extra money and put it in your pocket, it has to be betonline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And if you haven't already done this, You got to check out Locked On Bets because betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you're listening to our brand new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. So let's get into it with some of the other news and notes. First off, let's congratulate Kate, Caitlin Clark. I feel like this is going to be a pretty um, consistent thing we have coming up. She won Co-Player of the Week and Freshman of the Week again. All right? This girl just does it all. She's so, so great. That's her fourth Freshman of the Week award of her career. She's only been playing for four weeks. She is just so good, and it's going to be so fun to watch her continue to play with the Iowa Hawkeyes Women's Basketball Squad. Um, I it is just it, it's a blast. You gotta get Big Ten Plus if you can, so you can watch the women's basketball team because what they're doing, again, year in and year out with Lisa Bluter is just it's such a it's such a fun, fun team to watch. We also got some other news notes. Tyler Linderbaum named second team APL American, Davian Nixon, first team APL American. I still think it's garbage that Tyler Linderbaum was second team all conference, and I don't know. It's, it's bullcrap. People clearly don't even actually watch some of these games. But Tyler Linderbaum, nevertheless, congratulations to him and Davey and Nixon. We also got a little bit more news. Eli Sanders, the 657th ranked uh, player in the nation. He's an athlete um, out of Arizona. six foot, 190 pounds. Projects at running back. Was originally committed to Boise State. Did not sign during signing day. And has officially decommitted and has an unofficial visit planned to Iowa. I think right now... I would be leaning towards him going to Iowa. There's a reason he decommitted from Boise State. You're seeing the success that Iowa has had with running backs, and we're not as deep as we have been in the past with running backs. Um, We do have a a good slate of guys underneath him, underneath Tyler Goodson, I should say, and Ivory Kelly Martin is returning, maybe even Makai Sargent. We haven't heard anything, but I'm assuming Makai Sargent's gone. But that's a good opportunity for him to get in there, redshirt for a year, and work on maybe trying to gain that starting role after Tyler Goodson I would assume, leaves after his junior season. That's obviously a lot of speculation there, but when you put up as good of numbers as he has, um, you don't want to get that wear and tear on your body. So my guess is Tyler Goodson's only going to be in Iowa City one more year, which is why Eli Sanders should look at going to Iowa. It would be a good snag for Iowa. We also found out that Brandon Smith has officially, officially declared for the NFL draft, and so has Alaric Jackson. Before I get into that, I forgot to mention that Iowa is now ranked 10th in the nation. They did drop a little bit from the basketball side, but Sorry, getting through my notes. They're kind of a little bit confusing today as I go through the show. But Brandon Smith and Alaric Jackson both have declared for the NFL draft officially. Again, I would be shocked if any of the seniors who participated on Senior Day do not declare for the NFL draft. But it's the world we live in considering they have a free year of eligibility. Brandon Smith, though, let's talk through what he did. Because he was that duo with Amir Smith-Marset who put up phenomenal numbers In you know, despite some of the, the shaky quarterback play at times, especially this past year, and what he did cannot be cannot be shown just by his numbers. Finishes with 1,041 receiving yards, that's 38th in all-time Iowa history, 91 receptions, 28th in all-time Iowa history, and 9 touchdowns, 28th in all-time Iowa history. But I truly think he was actually underutilized. But what he can most be known for is the fact that he helped revive a position that has struggled historically over the last couple of years in the Iowa football program. Wide receiver is now a position of strength, and it started with Brandon Smith being an unheralded recruit, going to Iowa, and just doing, I mean, gosh, some of those catches were just amazing. He's one of the best jump ball wide receivers or contested catch wide receivers I've ever seen at Iowa and in college football, and that's why I think he's going to make a fantastic late day three prospect. What's going to be interesting to see is how well he runs a 40-yard dash because if he can run a 40-yard dash under 4'6", he's got a spot. Over 4'6", is going to be a little bit difficult. But the NFL does have their eyes on him. He's ranked 123rd by Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network. He's ranked 515th by the Draft Network. They haven't actually scouted him yet, so that could go up. And then Jim Nagy, the you know executive director of the Senior Bowl. And you all know, if you've listened to the show before, I have a big soft spot for the Senior Bowl. Went there last year, was able to interview Michael Ojemudia and a few others. Um, the Senior Bowl is near and dear to my heart. And Jim Nagy said stats might not show it, but one prospect emerging early in the Big Ten season is Hawkeye football wide receiver Brandon Smith battled through injuries and looks more athletic and explosive in 2020. His staff expects him to post a 40-inch vertical jump at 220 pounds. Now, that was before he did struggle a little bit. But he hasn't struggled that way throughout his entire career. He struggled with drops, though. He was targeted 40 times this season, dropped the ball four times, um, caught 23, Over his career, he only had two drops and 106 other targets. So I don't think that's a problem. I think it's more of a, a, you know, he just wasn't in sync with his quarterback. And two of those drops were on screen passes, so he takes them. But as a wide receiver, one of the things that's going to continue to get him a job in the NFL is the fact that he is a great downfield blocker. He is committed and willing to engage with whoever and whomever. And he's got the size as well to engage with you know, linebackers, safeties. Um, he could even chip a defensive end if needed. So uh, Brandon Smith has a spot in the NFL. Moving on to Alaric Jackson, another guy who was a spot in the NFL, a four-year starter, two-time second-team All-Big Ten, first-time or one-time first-team All-Big Ten, a freshman All-American, a four-year full-time starter. He's he's going to find his way in the NFL. Um, coming into last year, there was talks about him being a potential first-round pick. That is not the case. I personally believe he can go probably late Day two, early day three, that third, fourth round area. There are concerns about his mobility and his his ability to handle, you know, speed rushers on the edge. Um, there's concerns about his functional mobility and concerns about, you know, his versatility. We talked about Tristan Wirfs last year, and you know, the big concern was he's a right tackle. He was a right tackle because, you know, there's some reports that Alaric Jackson couldn't move from left to right or couldn't play other positions. He could only stick it left, and Tristan Wirfs was able to play both. Again, that is a concern for Larry Jackson. How well can he move? Um, are they going to want to kick him inside a guard? Who knows? That was actually a talk about Tristan Worf's, too. And Tristan Worf's is, in my opinion, more athletic than Larry Jackson. So there's, there can be a concern there. He might have to move inside to guard. But regardless, whoever gets him is going to have a solid NFL starter. From a pass protection standpoint, going to be a little bit, you know, he's going to struggle a little bit early on, but he's definitely a great run blocker and has great size, six foot six, 320 pounds. Right now, the pro football, or, um, the Draft Network has him ranked 247th in the nation. Again, I think he's going to go probably late day two, early day three. That's kind of my thoughts as of right now. Um, we also know that Nick Neiman is, is officially gone. We knew that was going to happen as well. But as we get official declarations, we'll make sure to cover that on the show. And as we get you know, some of these underclassmen declaring, we'll make sure to cover that on the show as well. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to be listening to a few sound bites from Kirk Ferentz and breaking those down to wrap up our Tuesday episode of Lockdown Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So that'll be coming up in just a few short seconds. I do have a very important message for you because if you're anything like me, you're always on the go and sometimes need a little bit of energy to pick you up throughout the day. Or I honestly just use this this product I'm about to tell you about for my pre-workout, Built Go. The, The same people who make Built Bar makes Built Go. Built Go can help you break through that mental or physical wall anytime throughout the day. They come in one and a half ounce packages that you can... Bring in anything you need, a briefcase, a golf bag, or your pocket to power you throughout the day. Built Go is not only the best workout gel, it can also just be used as an energy booster. It's basically five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, which is chocolate milk. Built Go doesn't just taste great like a Built Bar. It has so many things that provide all the things you need to keep you going throughout the day. It combines energy gel with collagen proteins. It's loaded with all the good stuff as well to ignite your work, beta alanine, B3, honey, and that kick of caffeine. Bilko then also keeps you going strong with the B6 and the B12 and finally wraps you up with the collagen that promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better as well as feel better as well. Right now, visit Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go, y'all. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacocks and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and more around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. at. And let's get into that Kirk Farron's press conference. Obviously, under unfortunate circumstances, the Missouri Iowa game was canceled for the Music City Bowl because in my opinion Missouri just probably should have never accepted the bowl invite but that's neither here nor there. What we're going to do is play a few sound bites from Kirk Ferentz and then break that down. The only sound bite we're not going to play that I want to make sure we cover is there was a question about players who are declaring for the NFL draft. He said he's had some conversation with Davian Nixon. He's going to put together some information and intel from the NFL to provide to Davian. I would assume Davian's all but gone at this point. He's definitely leaving. He is a first-round prospect. Tyler Linderbaum is also a first-round prospect, though. And when asked about Tyler Linderbaum, Kirk said he hasn't had any conversations yet. And that could be that Tyler's just taking a few moments to kind of figure things out. It could be because he actually wants to stay. And let's not underestimate the fact that, you know, the season got cut short. He didn't get a start in another bowl game. Um, You know, he didn't get a, you know, finish what he wanted to start, right? He's second team All-American. That's a pretty good career. But maybe he wants to play another season with his best friend, Spencer Petras, who's also the starting quarterback. So I think there's actually a 50-50 chance Tyler Linderbaum returned. But I do think it's very similar to the TJ Hawkinson talk, right? Hawkinson wanted to return. His heart was in Iowa City, but he knew what was best for him was to go to the NFL. That could be the same predicament that Tyler Linderbaum is in as well. Could he stay? Who knows? But Kirk Farron said he hasn't had any conversations with Linderbaum as of now. Although he fully expects to probably have those conversations going forward. But with that being said, let's get into some of the sound bites, and we'll start breaking that down right now.
1: Big guitar, me talking about history, uh, but I, I have talked about the, the 018, the 014, team. Uh, you know, that started out with bumps in the road, and just the way they pushed. To the finish line and to me uh this this team has done exactly the same thing and you think about that 08 team you think about that 04 team uh just the character the leadership that we got internally and then the character everybody showed uh, um, you know playing week to week just playing tight tough games um you know that, that speaks volumes about about a football team and you know i get asked frequently by guys in the media members of the media about you know uh, expectations and about you know how you evaluate a season to me to me it's about the quality of the people yeah.
0: so that is his clip talking about you know comparing this team obviously to the 08 and four teams and when you look back at those teams mostly what he's talking about is the adversity they faced early on in the season the 08 and four teams struggled initially out of the gate and also had younger quarterbacks as well. I think that's one thing that can't be understated. Um, we had a Drew Tate and a Ricky Stanzi um, for those 4 and 8 teams, finished off very strong um, in both of those seasons. When you look at that 4 team, the fact that they, you know, ended up going 10-2 and two to finish off that season after struggling a little bit. Um, you look at, and actually we had Drew Tate on the, you know, on the podcast multiple times, they beat Kent State, they beat Iowa State, fall 44 to 7 Arizona State, fall 30 to 17 to Michigan, and then they go on a streak to win that game or to win the season, the rest of the season, then winning obviously the the bowl game. That 08 team as well struggled with a little bit of adversity early on, ultimately finished nine and four to win the Outback Bowl. But you look at that, you have first-year starter Ricky Stanzi. They beat Maine, they beat Florida International, they beat Iowa State, and they lose three straight games. Pitt, Northwestern, Michigan State. They finish off the season by going 6-1. and one. So, that's what he's... T- and beating number three, Penn State. So, that's what he's talking about. When the fact that these teams have battled adversity, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, what this team did, uh, especially given... The pandemic, the situation that kind of happened over the summer, they came back stronger than ever, and you could tell this team just had it. They had that it factor. Once it got going, you weren't going to stop this team. And I truly believe if this is a twelve game season, Iowa would have gone ten and 11 and one. I think that early Iowa State game could have been tough given how they were still kind of getting their their feet wet. But I think with a full off season, Spencer Peters would have been ready for that game, at least a little bit more than what he was at the third third game of the you know this season already. I think Iowa goes ten and two, 11 and one and they're you know in the top ten and, and in the New Year six bowl. So that's my thoughts on this Iowa football program and, and kind of Kirk's thoughts there. Let's get into another soundbite though from Kirk. Um
1: I'm careful that you know I wanna pass judgment on anybody. <laughs> I just know in our case, um, you know we we were disappointed a couple weeks ago and uh you know COVID I think is something we've all been dealing with. I uh, feel very fortunate to be in the Big Ten. I think the uh, antigen testing gave us a real upper hand as a conference. And to me, that's why we were able to play eight straight games. And then for whatever reason, the bottom fell out uh, week nine. You know, it just uh, – our opponent wasn't able to, um, you know, contain things, I guess, or whatever. So, you know, that game got canceled that Tuesday. Uh, but, you know, we, we've made choices all along. Uh, basically, with, with the end point again of, of uh, trying to play. And I think, you know, you, you guys were sniffing around last Sunday. At, uh, you know, we were having our hardships too a week ago. Uh, and that's why I posed the question to our players. I just want to see how they felt on Monday night. But they, they were totally committed to pushing this thing forward. Uh, I know our guys have done a really great job, but I also know there's luck involved too. And I'm, you know, I think I've been fairly careful yet. I, um, you know, had my bot with it. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's hard to hard to judge anybody else's actions or whatever, and I really don't want to get get in that game. But uh, I'm just really proud of our guys, and and we wouldn't have been at full strength on Wednesday, but we were eager to play. And um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's full strength this year just because of the circumstances, but I think everybody's eager to play, and everybody's doing a great job getting ready for it.
0: And and honestly. To that the question was in response to, or that answer was in response to asking about how he felt about Missouri and, you know, they sent players home and all that stuff. And I, I felt like Kirk was trying to be very politically correct about it. We've seen him be a little bit snarkier throughout some of his interviews this season, but he was definitely trying to be politically correct because it is a sensitive time. You don't want to just pass judgment on a team, especially given such a sensitive situation. But based on some of his other comments throughout that, you know, one and a half minute soundbite. It sounds like he's pissed off too, in my personal opinion. I think he's frustrated. He talked about the fact that his players wanted to play. They did the right things. They wanted to stay home or stay in Iowa City for the holidays because they wanted to be able to play. And they were going to have issues too. They were going to be shorthanded, but they didn't let that stop them. They wanted to play. And yet Missouri sent their players home despite knowing that they had issues, sent their players home despite knowing they had a game and knowingly accepted a bowl invite, and then all of a sudden decided – you know what, we're not able to play. So I do think Kirk's probably pissed off. He's trying to be a little bit, you know, PC about it, which I can respect, but uh, you can tell just based on some of his comments there that, you know, he felt like his team was ready. He felt like his team did all the right things and he wasn't going to pass judgment, but he's basically indirectly saying, you know, they weren't ready. They weren't able to, you know, get ready they didn't want to get ready they weren't willing to put in the effort that's required to be able to play that game which is which is unfortunate but it, it is what it is and he's ready to move on and, and kind of go from there coming up this next soundbite I just had to include because it was kind of funny um it was about Amir Smith-Marset and his flip and I thought Kirk had uh you know typical Kirk throwing a having a, having a nice little soundbite so here, here's that right now
1: I joked with our team the other day about Amir's announcement because he made he made that decision somewhere in orbit uh, after that touchdown. Uh, that decision got made for him uh, when he came down. You know the, the the falls are exhilarating, the landings are a bitch. He, he just found that out. Uh, but you know it's it's perhaps it's irony, uh, perhaps it's fitting. But I got to say goodbye to our team via Zoom. Right?
0: So I thought that was funny. Just you know, <laughs> I'm sure Kirk didn't like that flip. I'm sure he would have been upset about it, but Amir is out of the program now, and he is, went to the NFL draft. And I'm, I, it sounds like Kirk really appreciates and, and loves Amir, as we've saw and seen. I guess we'd say from you know how things were you know handled throughout the season, getting the OWI, and Amir Smith Marset was suspended for a game. They felt like he was you know came back and was able to you know handle that maturely. Um, the flip, they probably didn't like it, but. Seems like you know Kirk was basically saying, you know, you deal with what you deal with, and that that happens. Um, but I did think it was uh, kind of funny saying he made that decision that he was leaving Iowa in the middle of his orbit. Um, he's absolutely right, though. I mean, when you make that kind of flip, you're kind of basically saying, yeah, I, I'm, this is out, I'm out. This is this is my final play. And uh, then he hurt his ankle, and it, it really was his final play. But I I just thought that sound bite was a little bit. Was kind of funny wanted to make sure we included that we have one last sound bite that we're going to break down and we're going to give that to you in just a few short seconds and then we'll break that down and close out the show for today that's coming up though right now
1: Five thousand we'll change one of those shots but uh I, I feel pretty good you know so uh physically and um this is what i like doing uh you know and that's, that's probably one other uh reinforcement of the uh covet uh, pandemic era that we've lived through <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not quite ready to start stamp collecting or bird watching so you know um maybe until i can find some interesting hobbies outside of football this is kind of this is what i enjoy and uh, i think we're all ready for a break we would probably all could use a break and you know get back and reconnect with uh, people close to us but um you know it, it's uh, this is what i enjoy doing and i've, I've been uh, probably thinking more about five-year plans than I have five-week or five-month, that's for sure. So that's where I'm at.
0: And so, there there you have it. That is Kirk's answer on his future in Iowa City. He is not leaving anytime soon, and that gets me really excited because he is turning, you know, they have the adversity in the summer. People were speculating, is he gone, whatever, and then they lose two games, and of course the national media jumps all over that. Kirk is old. Kirk is outdated. Kirk needs to go. Kirk is here to stay, and it sounds like he thinks he's going to be here for at least another couple of years, which I'm excited about. I think the program needs it as he continues to get this program to even a better spot before you know someone takes over, whoever that might be. Uh, I have a couple of guys I could kind of think of just on the roster or on the coaching roster today that could probably take over and kind of continue that Iowa way and continue the legacy that Kirk started. But um, exciting stuff that Kirk is returning. That's how I wanted to wrap up the show today because Kirk is coming back Kirk has come back in full force and he has no plans of retiring anytime soon. That does it for our show today. I hope you enjoyed the preview of Iowa versus Northwestern, breaking down some of the news and notes across Iowa Hawkeye athletics, and then wrapping up with this Iowa Hawkeye um, interview with, you know Kirk Ferentz breaking down those sound bites and what he said in that press conference about the Music City Bowl cancellation. That will do it for our show today. If you love the show, give us that five-star review. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast app. I appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic Tuesday, and let's go Hawks!